Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our summary verses of the books of the Bible introduce us to the theme of each book of the Old and New Testament scriptures so that we might have a deeper appreciation and understanding of God's Word of Truth. We pray that these brief studies will enable you to get more out of your daily reading and hearing of God's Holy Word. Glad to have you with us here at Burden and Blessing today, the day that the Lord has made and given to us. We are nearing the end of our study of the letters of the New Testament, and we come to the second letter written by the Apostle John. We talked about last time the fact that we are nearing the end of the first century, so this was written very late in John's life, and we'll see again an emphasis on the importance of what God has given to his church and the teachings which do not change. My name is Pastor Nathaniel Mayhew, and joining me again is Pastor Neil Radical to go through this letter of the New Testament. Neil, what is our summary passage for 2 John, this short letter in the New Testament? We are looking at 2 John chapter 1, verse 5, and it says, And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. It's interesting when you look at the different translations of this, Nathaniel, you know, the New King James here definitely translates that as lady, and some of our more modern contemporary versions do not. And I think that's not good, because when we try to understand the context of why John would be speaking to the lady, we, again, need to remember who he's writing to. Now, some scholars would say this lady was an individual Christian that he was writing to, possibly Peter's wife, or, you know, you name it, whatever you want it to be. But again, because he doesn't call this lady by name, and given what we see in all of his epistles and writings, and what we see about him writing about in Revelation, I think it flows very nicely to understand this lady is most likely the churches of Christ, the church of Christ, the holy Christian church of all believers, which would make sense because this is what God is instructing us. Now we're reminded from Ephesians 5 that the bride of Christ, who is the bridegroom, is the church. So it flows very well to understand what Paul wrote to the Ephesians about the holy Christian church. And that also fits really well with understanding the word love, the command here, that we love one another. That is the distinguishing feature of this whole verse, this new commandment, like Jesus said in the Gospels, that you are to love one another. And he talks about the love that he has shown. So it's not, we, we can't water down this word love like we do so oftentimes today, but recognizing it's the love between Christ and his bride, the church. This lady that John is pleading with, that you love in the way that your bridegroom has loved you, the way Christ has loved you, laid down his life for you to serve you. Now John's saying, Love him that same way. Be willing to lay down your life for him. Be willing to love him in that same sacrificial love. In 1 John, Paul's first letter here, he writes that we love him because he first loved us. And that's such a beautiful picture of the relationship, the marriage that we have with the lamb, with Christ, because he has shown us that love and laying down his life for us. And now we love him because he has called us his own. He has bought us with a price. He has given his life for our salvation. And so that love, that kind of sacrificial love is a distinguishing feature between the love the world shows and the love that Christ shows. And I love that because it also is reminiscent of what John's vision and direction from the Lord would be in Jesus' letters to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3, where he was 
scolding them, admonishing them, whatever word you want to use, reprimanding them in agony that they had left their first love. And that's what we need to remember too, that in all the things the world offers, that we never want to forget or neglect our first love, which would be Christ, the one who woos us with his word and which calls us his own by bringing us to that marriage supper of the Lamb for eternity because of the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'd like to hear your thoughts. You mentioned, Neil, there's been some debate about this name, lady. The Greek there is Kyria, which is related to Kyrios, the church. It's the feminine version of that. And I think that you're right that this is, whether this was written to a lady or not, it is certainly intended for the church. Otherwise, it would not have been preserved for us. What I love about this passage is that John points out that God's word never changes. The world changes. It's constantly changing. There's new things all the time. But what he says here is, what I, what I wrote to you is not something new, but rather it's the same thing that we have heard from the very beginning. God's word doesn't change. God is not an author of confusion. And the message that God has given from the very beginning is all connected to this word love that you develop so nicely. Love is the message that God's word gives to us. And that love is seen so vividly depicted in what God has done for us in that he gave his only son into death for us. God loved us. Wow. What does that do? It says, because you have been loved, you also have the ability to demonstrate that love to others, to show that same love that you have received to others. Just like we have been forgiven and we forgive others, we have been loved. And so we are privileged to be able to love others in the same way that we have been loved, imperfectly, this side of heaven. And that's what John is saying. You have received a message that has not changed. God's love for you has been manifested, and you also have the privilege of loving one another. And that's really the mark, another one of those marks of the church, isn't it? Love, seeing the love, the love of Jesus and the love of Christians to their Christian brothers and sisters, as well as to the world around them. What a beautiful way to begin closing out the New Testament with a message of true love, as you pointed out. I really like the way you talked about that imperfect love. It reminds me of Hosea taking the adulterous wife as a, a demonstration to the people of what God has done for his bride, taking an imperfect, Im, impure bride and sanctifying her. And that's what Christ has done for us. So I want to do something a little bit different with our, our prayer recap here. There's two hymns that I think fit really well with this. I'm just going to read the first verse of both of them is closing. And the first one is Church of God Elect and Glorious from 767 from the worship supplement. And that first verse really shows the beauty that we have as God's bride, as his people, the ones he loved and sacrificed himself for. So it says, Church of God, elect and glorious, holy nation, chosen race, called as God's own special people, royal priests and heirs of grace. Know the purpose of your calling. Show to all his mighty deeds. Tell of love that knows no limits. Grace that meets all human needs. From the Lutheran hymnal, hymn 57, the Advent hymn, O Bride of Christ, rejoice. 
knowing this, we have reason to rejoice. And so the verse, first verse says, O bride of Christ, rejoice. Exultant, raise thy voice to hail the day of glory, foretold in sacred story. Hosanna, praise and glory. Our King, we bow before thee. Amen. We invite you to listen for new books each week on Burden and Blessing Podcast, where we believe and confess that every word of God is true. We pray that you will be assured that God's word is pure and is more precious than gold.